This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Great to have you with us for the Thursday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. More details on Ford being pretty successful in spite of a rough time for a lot of automakers. Also, United Airlines, not going to be able to order food no matter where you are on the plane. Some restaurants are considering limiting inside service to customers who are vaccinated against COVID. You can't get served unless you're vaccinated. We'll learn more about that in our next segment. Right now, America's economic output rose in the second quarter, but not by as much as expected. We're joined by Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers. You can find him online at blueworldam.com. Let's talk about GDP here, Matt. I mean, 6.5%, that sounds like gangbusters, and yet the experts say there's a little disappointment here. Don't worry, we're doing fine. <laughs> I promise. Uh, Convince me. <laughs> ever, ever thumb our nose at six and a half percent. Sure, there was a little bit of a miss, but it was small. And what what we're really looking for in the GDP, when you followed over the last couple of years with the COVID effect. It's it exhibited these wild swings, these wild up and downs. And now we're getting that to start to level off, come back down to earth and become more predictable uh, like it's been in the past. So uh, when, when you get really, really geeky and wonky on this, like I'm supposed to do, uh, you take a look at the GDP and then you compare that with the inventories and see what kind of contribution they made inventories actually made a negative impact, uh, made a negative adjustment to the GDP, and that's good. That means that more things got sold than built up in inventory. And, and when you factor that in, GDP was more, uh, more up toward 8, 7, 7.8, 7.9, somewhere around there. Uh, so there is really no concern, uh, at, at least from our point of view, there is no concern about this little miss on the headline number. Yeah, you're, you're not going to end up with a situation where the economic growth is going to go perfectly each month. You're, you're going to have this ebb and flow, right? Of course, of course. And there, there are so many factors at play yet. Uh, again, looking at, at the fine detail, uh, personal income, for example, took a really, really big hit in spite of the fact that consumer confidence is very high, consumer spending was very high. But there are still a lot of post-COVID things that have to shake out as a lot of these unemployment benefits are are reduced and people get back to work. Uh, Looks like that's kind of going to go in stages. So there's really a lot of stuff that has to kind of move back toward normal 
And all that looks like it is happening and happening very comfortably. Let's talk about pending home sales, a decline there in June. What's behind that? And and is there a concern there? Uh, I don't think so. Certainly not yet. There's a bit of a cautionary tone in that all of the economic uh, indicators on real estate this month have shown a little bit of a miss. Uh, and that's been kind of trending, but but like you guys said at the open of the show, uh, part of that is high prices. And even though the the other indicators are down, the Case Shiller and the uh, uh, the other home price measures, National Association uh, Home Builders, prices are holding very very high. And even though the interest rates are going low, un- until the you know the prices kind of match the inventory, we're probably going to see a little bit of a blip here and there. But everything is still in a very positive, strong trend. Thanks so much, Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers. With COVID cases spiking again, especially in areas with low vaccination rates, restaurants are considering tightening policies on who is welcome to dine indoors. We're joined by Doug Roth, founder and president at Playground Hospitality here in Chicago. Uh, Doug, you got restaurants basically getting to the point where they think, hey, no vaccine, no service. Good afternoon, Cisco. Yes, uh, you are correct. one of the leaders in the industry, Danny Meyer in New York, has indicated that you will have to prove the fact that you have been vaccinated in order to dine in any one of his restaurants. He also uh, would be familiar to a lot of your listeners, as he also is the founder of Shake Shack and uh, obviously a local chain here as well. And they will be determining uh, how they will be moving forward at, at a later date. But uh, you are correct. And I believe there are a few other restaurant groups that are also considering this as well. And the thought is, uh, what, are you trying to avoid outbreaks in their restaurants? I mean, because obviously if there is an outbreak, they have to shut down. What, what, what's, go, what's the reason for it? Well, I think that uh, at least what uh, Danny mentioned uh, yesterday uh, is that his thinking is that he has an obligation to provide uh, safety to both his customers and his employees. And uh, he was a, a strong proponent, actually, of not opening his restaurants until there was a vaccination available. Uh, I think he sort of uh, uh, slid back a little bit on that. But uh, that being the case, uh, I think that this is uh, the thought process. Um, it's a, a slippery slope. I, I, it's easier to talk about today uh, what Apple's earnings was yesterday than to uh, really sort of figure out uh, what the best protocol is at this point. Do they uh, end up with a situation, you know, if, if more restaurants follow suit, where there's tension? I mean, I'm trying to th- figure out, it seems like restaurateurs, for the most part, have wanted to maintain tension-free. Hey, we're trying to walk a, a really, really difficult tightrope here, and yet if you have someone who's not yet vaccinated or doesn't have the proof of that vaccination, they might end up getting turned away. Well, I think you're right about that. I think that uh, the train left the station when it came to uh, opening up restaurants. And I think that uh, restaurateurs over the last year have gone through, as you know, a a tremendous crisis. And I think that there's a feeling that uh, we're, uh, you know, obviously in a better place. uh, And and certainly creating uh, tension between yourself and the guest is not what uh, obviously it's all about. Uh, And I I have to say that, unfortunately, uh, we're somewhat a little bit limited like we were back in March is we just don't know. 
the real basic, I think, uh, to the whole thing is those people who are vaccinated, if they are carrying the virus, uh, what is their ability to spread the virus? And that's another aspect of the whole thing, too. So I guess the, the fact is, is that no one wants to take a chance, wants to go back and, and, and uh, be in a position at this point not to have any uh, levels of, of danger as you're talking about. And so as a result, they are um, taking a very conservative approach. Yeah. And the last thing they want is to end up seeing everything shut down again. Yeah. Thanks so much. Always good to talk with you. Doug Roth, founder and president of Playground Hospitality here in Chicago. Just ahead, Ford ups its forecast after posting a second quarter profit. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Shares of Ford are higher today after posting a surprise second quarter profit despite being impacted by the global computer chip shortage. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter based in Detroit. Uh, Jeff, so what are we getting here out of Ford's report? Uh, Well, you know, when you make about $500 million in an auto company, that's not a huge profit. But when you go into a quarter expecting to lose money, well, people are impressed by that. So Ford was able to get more for the products they did sell, even though their plants were running at about half capacity in the quarter. Does that ordinarily end up being something that maybe an automaker can maintain for a quarter or two? But over the long run, there's only so many expenses you can cut. Right, exactly. And not just that. I mean, a lot of it was they used the shortage to their advantage to get full freight for their products. They didn't have to discount. They were able to to make things up. They were able to get dealers to order vehicles. So they were able to make the best of a bad situation. Now, Ford says going forward, they think things are going to get better. They think production will increase by about 30 percent in the third quarter and get a little better as the year goes on. So that's why they adjusted their, their full year pre-tax earnings to between 9 and $10 billion. And uh, when it comes to the uh, the incentives, I mean, you're, you're just not, at least at this point, you're really not seeing those, right? Because the automakers don't have to offer them. Right. They don't have to offer them. Uh, what, what they have to do is keep keep people interested in coming to the dealership when there aren't a lot of products to see. So, so that's something that, that really has been a talent that, to keep people doing it. And at Ford, they were hit hard because uh, many other car makers were able to keep their pickup truck production going for the most part in the quarter. Ford was hit hard because they had a number of shutdowns of F-150 production. And F-150 is Ford's biggest cash cow by far. So they're trying to juggle things, and they're hoping that they won't take as much of a production hit on that pickup truck in the third quarter. When you hear from Ford and other automakers, the computer chip shortage, does that seem like it's going to end anytime soon, or it's going to be a long-term problem? No, in fact, uh, the uh, top salesperson at Toyota in North America was saying yesterday that he thinks tight inventories because of this will be with us well into the second quarter of next year. So we've got a lot more to go. Maybe the worst is over. That's what everybody is hoping. But nobody sees this being over anytime soon. Thanks so much. Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter, based in Detroit. Still ahead, Technology Thursday. The spotlight is on earnings in the tech sector. How long can they last? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Great to have you joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The White House will allow a nationwide ban on evictions to expire on Saturday. An 18-year-old American gymnast takes center stage at the Summer Games in Tokyo. Technology Thursday. Facebook issues its second quarter earnings report. We'll get an update on the tech sector. And Chicago-based United Airlines will allow passengers to use its app or website to pre-order order meals, snacks, and beverages. On the markets, the Dow up 233, the Nasdaq is up 53, and the S&P is up 28 points. Oil up right about 1%. Sunshine in Chicagoland, 85 at O'Hare right now, 74 degrees downtown. The White House says it will not take action to extend a ban on evictions that's due to expire this weekend, putting the ball in the court of Congress. A CDC moratorium on evictions is due to expire after July 31st. But the White House says a recent ruling by the Supreme Court prevents it from once again extending the ban. Now with Delta variant COVID cases on the rise, President Biden says Congress should act to protect Americans most vulnerable to the disease and at risk of eviction. Steve Dorsey, CBS News, Washington. The new favorite at the Summer Olympics is an American teenager. There is a new queen of women's gymnastics. It just is so surreal and I haven't even let it sink in yet. 18-year-old Suni Lee came through with an epic performance. She was solid on the vault, uneven bars, balance beam, then finally on floor exercise. And when it was over, she had won the gold medal in the women's all-around. There are definitely a lot of emotions, but I'm super proud of myself for sticking with it and believing in myself. Her victory capped a remarkable week that saw the defending champion and the favorite, Simone Biles, suddenly withdraw from the competition to deal with mental health issues. That put the spotlight on Lee, and she came through and is now on top of the world of women's gymnastics. Steve Futterman, CBS News at the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. A reminder, Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and listen to WBBM anytime. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Markets are higher. The Dow up 236, NASDAQ is up 56, and the S&P up 29 points. The noon business hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Let's see what's going on with these markets. Gary Kaltbaum is here, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Gary, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Um, major indices look like they're breaking out to new highs here. Uh, the market, for the first time in a while, broadening out 
And uh, that's nothing but good news. I think this is in reaction to the reality of all the talk of uh, Jay Powell uh, slowing down his printing of money. We found out yesterday that's not happening, and market's been loving it since uh, Christmas of 18 when he started going easier. And uh, away we go, and I suspect we can get some real good fireworks in the next few months. Yeah, I mean, going forward, what does the Fed need to do here? Because you, you have some inflation challenges. You want the economy to keep growing. It's sort of a, a difficult dance here. Well, they should have stopped a long time ago. And now I, I think they're, they're uh, darned if they do, darned if they don't. They have uh, fueled markets. They have fueled bubbles. And if they back away, uh, those bubbles break and markets break. And uh, the one thing they can't lose is the wealth effect in the markets that's uh, helped a lot during uh, the pandemic. And going forward, what's your advice to investors, given the fact that we do still have a lot of uncertainty there? We've touched about the Fed and inflation, and uh, you just don't know how long these earnings are going to go, no matter what the companies say. This second, we're going higher. Uh, everything I am seeing tells me uh, we are going higher. Uh, ask me again in about 90 days, and I'll let you know what happens from there. But right now, it looks like the market's got some wind at the back, knowing that between uh, Jay Powell and his uh, friend at the European Central Bank, they're printing an unimaginable $250 billion a month and buying up assets. And again, to repeat, markets have loved it since day one, and it uh, looks like it's going to continue here. And you think of this as broad-based? Uh, you, you expect uh, pretty much most of the market to start heading higher? Yeah, when I say broad-based, I can tell you for the last few months that financials and transports and housing uh, and economically sensitive names have not participated, in fact, been uh, somewhat on the bearish side. I think they're turning the corner in here today. Uh, and, I, and again, I think we're going higher because of that, because when the market broadens out, it's usually a good thing. Are there concerns, uh, you know, we got more mask mandates now. Uh, you, we, we talked about some restaurants earlier on the show that are saying if you're not vaccinated, you can't come in. Uh, is there at all a worry, uh, especially some of those reopening stocks? I'm thinking the travel stocks, that sort of thing. Yeah. That may be a little risky. It's something to watch. Uh, but as long as you don't hear the words lockdown, I think we're okay. I think uh, you're going to see some people not go to the uh, to, to shop, uh, people that don't want to ma wear masks so they don't go. So it's going to be on an individual basis. But I just think overall, unless we really start shutting things down, I'm not so worried at this juncture. Uh, wearing masks and mandating it, I think, is... Uh, uh, something that will not affect markets too much. If people are uh, a little squeamish, right, because of any sort of uncertain, uh, uncertainty, uh, what do you say to them? Are, are there uh, uh, dividend stocks? You know, I mean, is that where they should be putting some of their money? What should they do? Well, we always tell people if uh, they're too nervous about the market, there's no reason to be in the market. Protect your capital. Simple as that. Don't worry about what I say or what anybody else says, because I think uh, people need to sleep at night first and have good health before anything else. Uh, I'm just here to, you know, let you know for now, I think the market's higher and there's, uh, you know, some coin to make uh, when it stops. Uh, I'll be a hopefully be able to see it and take it from there. Thanks so much. Always appreciate you being on the show. That's Gary Kaltbaum. He is president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. You can find him online at GaryK.com.
Just ahead, it is Technology Thursday, an update on tech sector stocks, including Facebook. How long are those stocks going to be able to rise? An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday on the Noon Business Hour. This afternoon, we're focusing on tech sector companies, including Facebook. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Scott Kessler, tech analyst at Third Bridge, based in New York. Uh, Scott, we'll talk about some of these companies specifically. Specifically, but uh, let's begin sector-wide here. There, there's been so much growth, so much movement forward in the tech sector for so long. Uh, do, do you get the feeling that that can continue, uh, especially over the long run? Well, Cisco, thanks a lot for having me back. Um, sure, I think the fundamentals are pretty healthy um, across uh, the, the TMT um, area, that being technology, media, uh, and telecom, um, we've obviously seen uh, recent quarterly reports indicating demand is robust, performance um, has been healthy, and outlooks uh, are constructive. Now, obviously, I think some of the companies, understandably, are being conservative in terms of how they're talking about the future, whether it's Apple talking about supply chain constraints, or in fact, Facebook talking about, uh, I think, difficult comparisons in the back half of the year from a revenue perspective. Yeah, let's talk more about Facebook here. I, I mean, obviously, you expect them to be honest in their forward guidance, but Facebook really letting us know, hey, there, there, there's, some, there's some danger here. Yeah, I mean, look, this is something that Facebook has done before, and I say broadly in the construct of, I think, being mindful of elevated expectations um, out there from the investing public. The reality is that, um, especially if you look at um, the first two quarters of this year, the first half, uh, comparisons relative to last year were pretty favorable, and that's due to the impact that COVID had, particularly uh, on advertising demand and spending, where you had, frankly, some companies simply shutting off um, related spending in light of COVID-19 and uh, associated uncertainties. So what we saw last year is an increase in users and usage as everyone was at home, but we saw pricing really fall off a cliff. The pricing has been recovering, in fact, uh, was the major contributor to uh, the substantial growth uh, that we saw in Q2, but they're not going to benefit going forward from uh, those easy comparisons or, frankly, uh, that ad pricing lift that we've seen. Some other big tech, uh, Apple, I mean, overall, big tech really having a, a pretty good week. You got Apple great on earnings, and uh, yet these, this this chip supply problem, we've been talking about it with automakers. It's not just them. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I think... What's interesting is how Apple seemed to suggest that um, the chip shortage and supply chain constraints are, are perhaps going to affect them more in the current quarter uh, than the one that was just reported, which seems, um, to be honest, a little confusing why suddenly it would have more of an impact. Um, perhaps that has something to do with the fact that um, a new iPhone, if you look at kind of past practices uh, could very well be released at the end of the quarter, so around September, and that transitional period could be, let's call it, more affected as a result of some of the uh, chip kind of availability issues that we're seeing in the marketplace. Uh, that's Apple. Microsoft, uh, they had a pretty good earnings report as well. They, they seem to be doing a lot of things right. 
Yeah, I mean, I think of all the companies that we may talk about, Microsoft perhaps was uh, in the best position uh, to benefit as soon as COVID hit, because what you saw is people were at home and they needed access to things like uh, Microsoft or Office 365. Uh, the Azure cloud business uh, benefited significantly. So they saw kind of that uptake really almost instantly. And so you didn't see kind of the robust growth numbers uh, from Microsoft this quarter, um, in part because of the difficult comparisons relative to last year and the fact that a lot of these other companies um, are performing well and got hit pretty hard um, in the first and, quarter, uh, first and second quarters of the calendar year, 2020. Always appreciate your analysis. Thank you so much. That's Scott Kessler. He's a tech analyst at Third Bridge, based in New York. This time tomorrow, Entrepreneur Friday. Still to come, pre-ordering your next airline snack or meal. United Airlines rolling out a new feature, allowing passengers to order meals, snacks, and drinks in advance. Henry Hardeville, travel industry analyst, founder of Atmosphere Research Group, based in San Francisco. Uh, Henry, help us to understand here, what's United now going to offer? Well, Cisco, what they're going to do is allow you to order uh, up to five days in advance the snacks, meals, or beverages that will be available on your flight. And what's really good is this gives you a little bit more control, and frankly, it also helps United in uh, putting the right amount of inventory on the plane. And going, I mean, when you, you dealt with everything with the pandemic here, this is something that it seems like consumers, the people on the planes, have been waiting for. Absolutely. And United actually started to work on this back in 2019. They announced at a Media Day event in October of 2019 that they intended to offer their premium cabin passengers the ability to pre-order their meals. Delta Airlines and some other airlines have allowed passengers to do this for a while. But what I like about United's move is it's nose to tail. So for those of us who fly coach, we can pre-order the beer we want, the wine we want, the snack box we want, or whatever else, and uh, it should be there for us. Seems like in, that's, it is one of the most interesting parts of it, because obviously business class, first class, they pay more, they get more perks, but you don't want all of the people in the back of the plane to feel like completely second-class passengers. I mean, you still want them to get some of these perks, and United can make some money off of it. Absolutely right. So, you know, one of the things that, that I've learned from doing research and working in airlines, the further back in coach you are, the more anxious you sometimes feel that they may run out of the items you want by the time the cart gets to you. This way, you have the ability to pre-order and prepay uh, for these items. And frankly, from United's standpoint, it's good because they can make sure that they stock the right amount of product on the plane. It'll give them really useful information to provision their aircraft, work with their caterers, and more. And you're right. They may make a little bit more money, but this is more, I think, about customer experience and customer satisfaction than just generating a profit. Uh, really interesting. We'll see what the other airlines are going to do. That's Henry Hardevel, travel industry analyst, founder of Atmosphere Research Group. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, the Replay podcast will be available at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.